And away we go. We are back with another emergency podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm with my deputy editor, John Dixon, as well as a great staff writer for us at arrowheadpride.com, Ron Kopp. And sometimes these emergency podcasts are for exciting and good reasons. This one is for what I would consider to be a not so good reason. The Chiefs are saying goodbye to two of really, I think, the pillars of the team for a long time, especially uh, in the Eric Fisher portion of this since 2013, the first overall pick. But the Chiefs decided on Thursday morning to announce the releases of both of their starting tackles, which is crazy to say. Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz are now gone. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to these two guys, but... What I want to ask you guys first, starting with you, John, your initial reaction uh, upon hearing this news. Well, it's just a business move. Uh, These players were going to cost 12% of the team's uh, cap space in 2021. That's a lot for two guys who are on the wrong side of 30 and, um, uh, you know, might not be available to start the season. Uh, The Chiefs indicated that they had some confidence, at least, that they'd be able to play when the season began. But... Uh, that's a, a crapshoot at best. This move will uh, clear $18.3 million, I believe it is, from the uh, salary cap for 2021 and get the ch- uh, get the Chiefs to uh, $4.3 million uh, short of being under the salary cap. But I think that that money will largely be spent here pretty quickly, but we'll just have to see how the Chiefs want to do it. Yeah, this really starts with earlier in the week where, okay, finally, we get that salary cap number and it's lower than previous years. I mean, it's 182.5. You have the rollover. Chiefs are about 188. They expected this to be at 210. So you have to make some tough decisions like this. I think in an ideal world, an ideal scenario, you can maybe keep these guys and see how they rehab. Of course, you have... Eric Fisher with his knee injury and then uh, Mitch Schwartz with his back injury, but just not possible to go with their cap number. As you said, it combined 18 million, given the fact that you don't know if these two guys are even going to be ready to play week one. And that leads us to what was Brett Veach's comments for March 1st. Brett Veach in one question was asked about Patrick Mahomes and these two tackles. And here's what he said back in early March. Pat had his toe surgery on um, 210, you know, talking to Rick earlier this or earlier late last week. It's it's a three-month recovery, so we're hopeful, you know, somewhere around that mandatory minicamp if we have. Um, You know, we certainly think by training camp he'll be good to go and and we'll be smart with him. Um, Mitch just recently had his his disc worked on and we're hopeful for – um, for him to return to training camp and the same thing with fish. So, um, we're hopeful both these guys will, you know, complete the rehab and, and be available for, for training camp and, and to start the, the 2021 season. Uh, I would probably say Pat's ahead of them just because of the, um, um, you know, the, that type of injury and probably a quicker recovery, but hopefully have all three ready to go by training camp. Now, to be fair, a little bit of smoke there. I think coming out of that, we all incorrectly believed, okay, these two guys are going to be given the opportunity to try to rehab and get back to full strength and be members of the Kansas City Chiefs. And then today you have the statements and uh, first from Andy Reid, I'd like to thank Eric and Mitch for all of their contributions over the years. 
Every day, both of these men came to work with the right attitude, ready to grind, both on the field and in the classroom. These guys are both dirty, tough, which is a readism. Uh, but beyond that, they're good people, and I enjoyed coaching them. I wish them the best as they continue their careers. And then Brett Veach, who, <laughs> again, said maybe they could be ready for training camp but today. I have tremendous amount of respect for Eric and Mitchell. With Eric, obviously, he was the very first player that we drafted when we got to Kansas City. We were able to watch him grow into a solid tackle for us for many years to come. With Mitchell, his durability and toughness is remarkable, and he certainly left his mark on our team. These decisions are never easy, especially with guys like these, but both of these players will forever be part of our history. So, Ron, I'll, I'll get to you finally. Two very different statements from March 1 to March 11th. Yeah, absolutely. No, the main takeaway I had from from this this news this morning is that the Chiefs are they're going to be cutthroat. Like you kind of have to be in the NFL. Sometimes these kind of moves you make on Madden, and you don't really think about the human aspect of it. You know, um, uh, just the they know Fisher, they know Schwartz. Uh, you know, a team might want to give them the the capability or the opportunity to return from injury, or even restructure their contract or something along those lines to keep them around, but. No, Brett Veach wasn't messing around. This is like a New England Patriots kind of move where, you know, you just cut, you just cut it. You just cut the line and just, just let it go and move on and, and use that cap space you just saved to uh, find a, a replacement. So I, th I think they're going to have a lot more room now to, to find those replacements. You mentioned the New England Patriots, and I think that's a good comparison. And of course, right now, after that brutal Super Bowl loss, we have eased a little bit on the dynasty talk, but this is still a team that has gone to three AFC title games in a row and won one Super Bowl. So they're still within the realm. I mean, that, that dream isn't over, but we're certainly not going to be talking about it as much. But if you're going to be in the realm of those New England Patriots teams, John, you got to make moves like this. And sometimes you have to say goodbye to what have been key pieces in the NFL. It's all about what can you do for me next, not what you did for me. Well, I think it's pretty clear that this is a move that, um, you know, somebody like Bill Belichick might've made in a normal salary cap year. Right. Uh, you know, he's, he's famous for releasing guys a year early rather than a year late. And you could make an argument that these are guys the Chiefs could have moved on from and saved a few million dollars on the salary cap by replacing them with uh, guys on uh, veteran players on lesser contracts. But the fact remained that these guys were going to have to be replaced or re-signed uh, at age 31 and 32 a year from now. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, uh, they needed to be making plans to move forward anyway, but a 7.9% reduction in the salary cap, you've got to make these moves and you've got to be, uh, have the chutzpah to do it when this moment comes. And I think we need to give Brett Veach his due for, for recognizing this moment and, and making the right move. And I, and I can't get around the idea that this is the right move. Um, you know, you just can't be emotional about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I had discussed this as well at OurHeadPride.com. Even as this information was coming out, I kept writing the fact like the Chiefs need to continue to operate like these guys aren't going to be ready. These aren't little injuries. Mm -hmm. It is an ACL. 
It is a back, which is always mysterious in the NFL. And as great a, a guy as Mitch Schwartz is with the cooking, he helped us out at Arrowhead Pride and 610 Sports Radio. I would go up to him in the locker room and he would offer his barbecue tip each week. He didn't ask anything for it. Has always been a great guy with questions. Fish has just been really reliable over the years for the Chiefs. You got to put all that aside and do what's best for the team. So now we know that these tackles won't be on the team for 2021, which means the Chiefs need tackles to protect their crown jewel in Patrick Mahomes. Ron, we tasked you with talking about the in-house options and potentially some free agent options. So let's start with in-house. Who could potentially, and again, I, I do feel like this is a reach right now with, with the options in-house, but who could potentially play a tackle position starting for the Chiefs in 2021? Yeah, you're right though, Pete. It is a stretch for the in-house options to be the left or the left or right tackle, and if either of them are, or if the tackles are taken up by one of these in-house options, I don't know how great right. you're feeling about the offensive line. But the first one I'd say is Martinez Rankin. Just the fact that he did play left tackle when they sat all the starters. Uh, they put him at left tackle in week 17. He played 100% of the snaps there in that game. And he's had uh, multiple years of, of playing left tackle in the NFL. He actually played left with the, the Texans as well as rookie year. Um, he played some left guard for the Chiefs too at some point uh, you know, in 2019. But I think it, it, it seems pretty apparent to me that the Chiefs want him at tackle. And so it makes sense that he... Yep kind of can be that left tackle or, or right tackle, but he's, it seems like he's been working at left tackle. And right tackle would make sense for the rookie Lucas Niang, who's been op mm -hmm. who opted out, obviously, his rookie season. That's what position he played at TCU, kind of just be a natural way for him to get in without moving him around the line like they kind of thought about doing when they first drafted him. Maybe just stick him at right tackle. And, you know, hey, if he can start, that's great. I right. just don't think anyone should be banking on it. Um I know he's a third-round pick, and there, there's talk out there that he could have been you know, a higher pick if he wasn't injured. Um, but we, we need to uh, limit our, our expectations for a guy that didn't play football at all last year and would be adjusting to the NFL for the first time uh, this year. But Andrew Wiley also, he's a restricted free agent, and you know they'd have to tender him to bring him back. I'm sure that'll happen. He's been playing guard. He's been playing tackle for the Chiefs. He played tackle in the Super Bowl and at, uh, in the Week 15 game against the New Orleans Saints. Um, he's, he's an option to throw in there, a swing tackle kind of guy if you need somebody, but definitely should not be the, the week one planned on starter at either of the positions. Here's my reaction to, to that. Wiley is, is not an option at a tackle position. I understand why you included him, but in an ideal world, he's a fifth man and it has to be one of the guard positions. Like that's where I'm at on him. Niang, it's great that he's coming back and Brett Veach confirmed that as such they've stayed in touch throughout what was the opt-out season probably could have been considered a redshirt year even if he'd been with the team anyway he was coming off of that hip injury out of college i don't know if the chiefs are going to go right to him anyway at any position and so he gets that redshirt year and i think he is intriguing certainly as a right tackle and then martinez rankin i think is the the guy the chiefs like i don't feel as though he was ever truly ready to step in this year. He was really hurt by, I think, not mm -hmm. being able to be with the team in the OTA portion. And it seemed like his rehab just went a little bit slower than it typically does. But every time I've talked to Coach Andy Heck, and even if you ask Andy Reid about it, I mean, they're pretty high on Martinez Rankin. There's a reason they made that trade for Carlos Hyde. And so while I think they all are options, they feel right now maybe more depth to me. And in the future, I think 
it feels like, again, it just feels like Niang has the highest ceiling of all these guys to lock up one of those positions. I just don't know if that's in 2021. John, do you agree? I, I think that's fair. I think that he's the guy with the ceiling of right. the in-house options. Um, but I, I, I agree. It's going to be hard to see him in a starting role um, this season. Now, we also have some free agent options. John, you had mentioned that the salary cap is not completely done yet. They still have to clear what is right, three and three or $4 million to make sure they get mm-hmm. under it by March 17th, the beginning of the new league year. But we're projecting with restructures. We assume that potentially an extension is coming for Tyron Matthew. What the Chiefs should have is some room to play with. And Ron, you uh, brought up some free agent options today on Arrowhead Pride as far as the offensive line goes. What are you thinking here? Yeah, the dream. The dream would be the San Francisco 49ers left tackle, Trent Williams. Uh, he's been a, a longtime Washington football team member. Yeah. Um, got to the Niners last year after some contract disputes with Washington. And he played as well as he ever has at 33 years old, 32 last year. He'll be 33 in 2021. And he's one of those guys that kind of seems like he's going to be in his upper 30s. He's probably still going to be dominating the NFL. So you're, he's someone you're comfortable with making, maybe offering a, a long-term contract, uh, you know, maybe multiple years, two or three seasons. And if, if, if he doesn't want to go back to the Niners, I think, uh, you know, why wouldn't he want to come play uh, in an offense like the Chiefs and, He'd be a great addition. I'd be so excited about Trent Williams in Kansas City. That's a but there big are some time other. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it is, and and he is one of the premier left tackles. I believe he was a, an All Pro, uh, first or second team All Pro last season. Um, but there are some other names. There are definitely some other names. Riley Reef was uh, just recently let go of by the Minnesota Vikings. I kind of liken the liken him to. Maybe a, just a more consistent, uh, reliable uh, Mike Remmers. Um, you know, I, I think Remmers did a lot for us this year. I don't, Rife, I think, is better than him, but, uh, or Reef, I should say. But um, just that area where he could fill in at right tackle and be a solid, solid player. Um, Daryl Williams from Buffalo will have another Williams, another Daryl Williams on the team. If this How many could we have? <laughs> <laughs> Spelled a little differently. But he had a career a career reviving season last year with Buffalo. He's only he's only going to be 29 in 2021. Right. So he's a guy you could feel comfortable about take uh, giving him a long term contract as well. Um, and then there's Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he's a pretty familiar face for any Chiefs fan just because he's been there for I think six seasons where and he barely ever misses time. He's a very durable guy, and he'd just be a safe kind of signing if if they wanted to go that direction. Some names to watch there from Ron. Again, the tampering period starts around March 14th, and then the official league year is March 17th. You actually mentioned Remmers. Remmers was a one-year deal with the Chiefs. I would like to see the Chiefs bring him back. But again, it's not for a starting tackle role. It is as a step guy that can go in for a game or two. Andrew Wiley and Mike Remmers are valuable players. I don't want that to be lost here. They are not Super Bowl starting tackles as we unfortunately saw. I want to get to um, Eric Fisher's statement on Instagram because I I thought it was heartfelt and it's part of a a story that began in 2013 as a, a top overall pick. Here's what Fisher had to say via his official Instagram. Catch and release. Time to complete the second part of that play call. At the time, I thought the catch part of the play was going to be the hard part. Six months later, that thought has changed. I have been released. Rewind eight years. 
And there are a whole lot of memories that I'll be blessed to take with me for my time in Kansas City. I'll never forget landing at MCI the day after the draft and smiling because it felt like home. I'll never forget running out of the tunnel for the first time for the loudest fans in the world. I'll never forget the struggles that I faced that eventually built me into the man and player that I am today. I'll never forget bringing a playoff win home for the first time in 22 years. I'll never forget going on winning streaks that would make history. I'll never forget the three AFC championship games in a row at Arrowhead Stadium. I'll never forget the clock hitting zero and that feeling of achieving the ultimate goal in football. I'll never forget hearing touchdown Kansas City with the ball in my hands. That list could go on and on because we really did have something special in those eight years. I wouldn't change a thing. Mentally, I'm leaving knowing I have grown to be who I need to be. Physically, I'm leaving with my head held high, beat up, but not down for the count. Spiritually, I couldn't praise God enough for the blessing my life in ways that I couldn't have wrapped my brain around in a million years. Unfortunately, I knew this time would come at some point sooner than I would have chose, but another opportunity to beat the odds. All good things must come to an end. Thank you, Kansas City. So some heartfelt words by Eric Fisher. And what I found most interesting here uh, in this Andy Reid tenure, and I tweeted it out the other day when Anthony Sherman retired, there were two players left. It was Eric Fisher. And now that Fisher has been released, Travis Kelsey is the only remaining player from that initial Andy Reid, John Dorsey, Kansas City tenured team. And what's crazy about that is try to think back to 2013, right? Kelsey was in a sense his own red shirt. He got injured early on the year, didn't really have an impact. You didn't really know much about him. It was just his third round guy. And he has really become what has been, I think, the staple, the staple of this entire era here in Kansas City. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, we know. But I'm talking about just this Andy Reid from a player standpoint. Kelsey, I think, really has set the tone and, and really grown now over the age of 30 into a leader for this team, John. Yeah, I completely agree, and it it, it is it is a big, a big moment that we'll remember for a long time. The day that these two guys were released from the team, I, it was surprising to a lot of people, I think. And uh, I'm in the midst of working on a piece on why we maybe shouldn't have been surprised, right. but uh, but uh, but I don't blame people for being surprised. Uh, yeah. We had some glimmers of hope when Veach spoke on March first that we would get these guys back. And, uh, but, you know, these are the things that happen in an NFL season yeah. and to a successful NFL franchise. And, and we should embrace that. Uh, and I, I salute Eric Fisher for his heartfelt and very classy comments, um, on his release. That's, that's, that's why we love Eric Fisher is because he's that guy. Ron, what are your final thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about Schwartz and Fisher, were they not one of the best? I mean, I'd probably say the best tackle duo in the NFL at some parts of their careers between uh, kind of 2016 when Schwartz came over uh, and kind of into 2019, 2020, you know, so much Schwartz not playing as well and, and injured, obviously, maybe not. But the one thing I take away, uh, the final thing I'll take away from this big news is that the Chiefs are, they have to be addressing offensive line in the draft now. Yeah. You got to, or offensive tackle. I mean, it has to be. I mean, there's no question. I mean, there's no doubt about it, in my opinion, especially with the class they have. Uh, that and Veach has commented on how how much he likes this class and uh, that first round pick, that number 31. That he's gonna maybe have some options. Hopefully, have some options. But even if he waits, you know, a, a second or third round, I, I think there are some good options for the Chiefs. And so I just think we have to expect that now. We should be expecting a day one or two offensive tackle in the building uh, after the draft in April. I feel differently about both of these guys, and, and this is what I'll leave 
with. Mitch Schwartz, to me, is a clear candidate for the Joe Thomas track. Like I haven't ruled out even with this release, retiring. He just bought a new place in Kansas City with his wife. I think he really loves the city. I think he has a lot of off-the-field interests. I think it's a guy that doesn't want to necessarily mess around with his health when it comes to life after football. It's really tough to come come back from a back injury. And when you like the city that you're, you're in and you've made enough money and you watched your mentor, Joe Thomas, do the same thing after a similar streak and you have a Super Bowl ring, I just wonder... If Mitch Schwartz winds up retiring rather than going and trying to get on with a team where he doesn't really want to go, it's it's just a different type of cat because of just all the off-the-field interests that he has. When it comes to Eric Fisher, I think he still very much wants to play and he has to rehab. And this could be, in a sense, a timing thing for the big fish because the Chiefs just couldn't afford that particular cap hit not knowing if he is going to be completely ready and full health for that week one. By releasing him now, what does that do? It allows the player to go out and try to get the best deal possible. You don't want to release him after the new league year or something and all the money is gone from that all these other teams can can spend. Let's just see, okay, what can Fisher get uh, on the open market? He's been a great player for us. Let's not screw him here. Let's give him an opportunity. And I wouldn't necessarily rule out, and and this is just a a slight glimmer of hope and and shine. If Fisher comes up blank in the open market, who knows what can happen? This is a very interesting and particular situation because of the injury, where I don't know how many teams are going to be ready to pay Fisher what he wants on the open market. And if he can't get that in the open market, don't be surprised if he just comes back on what would have been a restructured deal in Kansas City. I think this is the team giving him an opportunity to say, hey, go out and try to see what your value is at this point. But because of the injury, I mean, and the salary cap, who is going to pay that? So I I just don't know if we have necessarily 1 million percent seen the last of Eric Fisher in Casey. I think probably. I mean, a lot of times these things are 90% and above. How often do you see a guy return to a team after they were released in the same year? Rarely ever. But I, I just I think that the door is slightly open there. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. But Big news of the day. We did an emergency podcast on it. Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz being released by the team. The team will now be looking extensively at the tackle position in the offseason. For John Dixon and Ron Kopp, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network.